everyone, this is your girl Adima, and you're listening to my personal thought dialogue as I set off on my way to confidence. Our willingness to be transparent and honest about our life can be a great indicator of real confidence. When we seek to present ourselves in a genuine manner, we relinquish fear, fear of judgment from ourselves and from others. When we are genuine, we are also able to attract the help and support we actually need. In this episode, I discuss this topic further with another fellow millennial and friend, Courtney. Being authentic, real, and honest is definitely a key component of becoming more confident. Hi everyone, this is your girl Adima Essien and you're listening to On My Way to Confidence. And today I have with me Courtney. Courtney, can you say hi and introduce yourself? Hi everyone, I'm so excited to be here. I actually met Edema at a wedding in Italy in 2019. Of course, it seems yeah. very weird the idea of that now. I'm Canadian. I live in a very small town. Currently right now I'm working for public health. I used to work with a gas company, but of course a lot of us got switched over in March because public health really needed the people. Yeah, yeah. So I've definitely been in a few different positions like that. I have a biochem degree, so I've been, it's nice. I can kind of go to any field I want and I'm so excited to talk about confidence and having that as an asset in the workplace because I think that's so important. Yes, definitely. And I'm really curious to hear, you know, your thoughts on what you have to say. But I mean, have you always known what you wanted to do? Have you did you grow up <laughs> knowing that? Not at all. No. I actually went when I started university, I went into pure chemistry wanting to do forensics. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was my plan up until third year. I was still in chemistry in my third year, just pure chem. And then we took a intro to biochem course that was required. And I was like, oh man, this is what I thought chemistry was. Like, this is where I'm meant to be. So I had to switch over my whole plan and everything. Like second semester of third year is when I started all those courses. So it was pretty much packing an entire degree into the last bit of my last year and a half. And the summer's there to make it work. But I'm glad I did because... I figured out that definitely knew what I wanted to do then and looked back and thinking, oh, pure chemistry, like that is not at all where I want to be. Like, I don't know how I thought that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, but it's good. I mean, it's kind of like you have to try things out and then, you know, along the way you kind of figure out, okay, I'm not, I don't like this as much as I thought and then kind of navigate your way towards what you you think you is best for you, you know? So it's good to try those things out first and then see how it goes, yeah. Yeah, and here, I don't know if it as as much a thing. I know you went to high school in America, but it, we're always told like, oh, the average person switches their major like five times in university, <laughs> yeah. da, da, da. And yeah. I always like took, pro- I don't know why, I had it in my head that like it was a good thing not to switch. Yeah, I know that feeling actually. It's yeah. like, it's a shameful thing that you Ex- don't know what yes, you want to do. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I felt so much like, oh, like I'm switching. Like, I don't know if I want to tell people this, like how am I going to say it? And like, it was my boyfriend at the time that was just like, dude, if you don't like, like if you want to switch to something else, just switch, why does it matter? Yeah. And it was really what, like, the only reason that I was debating it is that, like, what people would think. 
Yeah. Yeah. And actually that's interesting because that's really a really key factor in having confidence and building confidence in yourself, like not worrying so much about what other people think and really yes. just knowing that, okay, this is what works for me. I've tried it out. I've experimented and I need to now make those changes, you know? And um, so those are definitely um, key things, but I mean, apart from just like school in your life in general, how have you developed your self-confidence growing up and in your childhood and into your early adulthood? Yeah. Well, it was definitely a struggle for me because I was, I'm like not a confident person to begin out with. I hate talking in front of people. No, like when I was in, especially middle school, high school, like I did not, like I talked to my close group of friends. I mean, I did well in school and I played sports and stuff, but I wasn't like out there. But I went and took a lot of like different leadership trainings that you can do with our school and went to those. And then I was going there not knowing a single person and having to speak in front of people. Mm. I didn't really have a choice. Like I was already there. So doing that and that pushed me out of my comfort zone. And then I find once you do it a few times, it's like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. And that builds confidence. Confidence. Yeah, for sure. And I guess it's not always about just being loud. It's just knowing who you are and being confident in that person. And as you said, like doing things that makes you uncomfortable more often will eventually lead to becoming, you know, more confident um, person. But um, so today's title is really, it's transparent or opaque, which is really saying, uh, it's really towards how does this affect confidence? Like being vulnerable about your story or, you know, just with certain people versus just having a wall up. Like, what do you think? Would you say you're more vulnerable with people or you, you have a wall up usually and people have to sort of get to know you first? And why do you think that is? Um, definitely depends on the situations, but I'd say in most aspects, I do, I am a harder person to get to know. Like you do kind of have to ask me, I don't put everything out there, Yeah. but recently I've been talking more about stuff that makes me uncomfortable. And, you know, I find when you are vulnerable and actually talk about the real things of what you're thinking, that's when you're going to connect with people in a much more real way because that surface level stuff, like everyone talks about that and says that and that doesn't really get anyone's attention but if you're being real about what problems you're having or just what you're feeling what you're thinking like people who think the same way or are feeling the same way they're automatically they're going to come to you and you're going to build those relationships in a more real way yeah no that's true like it's I mean it's helpful to be transparent or to be open about certain things but I also think it takes time maybe to get there if you're not naturally that person that just says what you're thinking you know and I think you have to have a certain level of confidence to be transparent like if you're worried that what people are going to think what you're saying is stupid or that they're not going to agree or that it's not right like you're not going to have the ability to be vulnerable you're just going to agree with everyone else and say what they're saying yeah true true definitely I mean so based on what we've talked about do you think like in general, do you think it's a sign of strength or weakness? I know you've already talked, said a little bit about that. Um, I think that in a lot of situations, like being able to talk about how you're feeling and what you're thinking is a form of strength, but there's sometimes where it's also strong to kind of sit back and evaluate yeah. the situation, not put it all out there, see yeah. what the other people are thinking, because I don't know, I find that's a good way to like, get people's real intentions and stuff and just 
suss them out, if that makes sense. Like yeah. see what they're really thinking, see what is on their mind. Because if you're just automatically putting all your stuff out there, you're not going to get a chance to hear what their unbiased real opinion is. Yeah, true, true. Like people might just um, sort of let you look like um, a fool maybe or make you feel <laughs> like you're a fool for being that open and no one supports or backs you up. So I do I agree that, yes, there is. You just have to know when to be more transparent and when to be a little bit more reserved. And then timing yeah. is everything. Timing yes. Timing. Yeah. And I mean, would you say that being vulnerable or transparent has ever led to humiliation? And what was that like for you? How did that affect your mindset? Oh, there's. I'm trying to think of a time I've been embarrassed right now, but there's so I get embarrassed over everything. I get secondhand embarrassed over watching other people do stuff. So I'm a <laughs> yeah, very yeah. like, like I do, even though I try not to, I care a lot about what people think. So um, there's definitely been times that I've said like my opinion on something or just said what I was thinking and then realized that it was completely not like the right answer. Yeah. Because in some situations, you know, there just is. And like, I don't know about everything because I am from, you know, especially different parts of the country. Like I'm from the small part in the East. So I don't know things about the other part of our country. And I go to say things or make an assumption or say what I think about it and it and end up embarrassed because it's just wrong. And I'm like, and that used to really bother me when I would say something and it was wrong. And even if someone was correcting me nicely, I'd still be embarrassed. But yeah. that's something I'm definitely trying to work on. Yeah, yeah. I think personally, I think, yeah, I embarrass, you know, easily as well. But I think for me, I'm more on the, you know, opaque side in the sense that I always feel it out first. Um, fill out the room, the people, perspectives first before then opening up and, you know, being honest about certain things. Um, but you know, there are situations in which you might say something or say what you think, but then realize you have to correct a certain mindset. You know, you, maybe you get called out on something that you said that wasn't, um, good or positive, or you just, maybe you were judgmental or something. Have, do you feel like you've ever had that experience, had to retract something you said and then, um, sort of apologize or I don't know make it make it yes a hundred percent because I make like I like to joke around I don't know like I like to be sarcastic I like uh-huh. to make jokes and of course if you're used to just hanging out with people you're very close with you can make those kind of jokes and they know that you're joking sure. but there have been times that especially because where I went to school like I don't, I lived on campus so every time you sit and have a meal it's with about a hundred people from the house so you, of course, you're not just with your close friends. And there'd be times there that I'd make a joke about either something that we did or something that someone else did completely like making light of it, but it been taken very seriously and as rude. And I was like, oh, geez, like, no, 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 not what I meant. But I find if you are like a person who likes to joke around, be sarcastic, stuff like that, yeah. it, you can get yourself into situations where you say things that other people who don't get your sense of humor are going to take the wrong way of course yeah no totally totally and I think in those cases that's also where if you are a confident person you also it also comes I think with humility so being able to correct your wrongs and be able to make you know make make things right you know and so I also think being vulnerable is is a humbling experience and it often means that maybe you have to ask for help um 
in certain areas of your life? Do you feel like you ever had to, I mean, seek help? And how has that felt for you? Is it easy for you to ask for help? Yeah. Not at all. I'm definitely the person that like, if there's a group project, I want to run it myself and do oh. all the work. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not the kind of person to go to other people for things. But like, when you get to a certain point in life where you're doing things that aren't just like, I don't know, I found high school very easy. Like, I just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. went there did my stuff but when you're in university or later on in life and you're doing things that actually take a lot more work and focus like it's almost stupid not to ask for help like you're doing yourself a disservice with all these people around yeah so I really had to be like no I don't know everything like I need to go ask these people even if I think I'm right why not go ask them to yeah. see if it is or to look it over to check things yeah because like there's, they're there, they're the resource. But honestly, a lot of people I found during my schooling didn't ask for help when they needed it, whether it was schoolwork wise or they like were in a life situation that mm-hmm. was making everything more difficult. Like I've seen a lot of people just go and try to do it themselves yeah, and not ask for help at all. So that was kind of something that taught me. It's like, look, if they're struggling that much and you know you could they could be doing better by asking for help why wouldn't you go ask for help yeah exactly yeah but I also think I mean there are a couple of things one it it also goes back to what we talked about with shame and maybe just uh feeling like oh I should know this or everyone seems to know what to do so um how do I navigate this in a season of life on my own without looking like I'm so clueless and also um feeling like no one would really care that much. I think maybe those two things are key um, factors in this. Yeah, I I do. Especially shame. Because like, there's a lot of people that's like, if everyone else understands something, you're Mm -hmm. not going to, like if everyone else saying, yep, I understand. You're not going to want to raise your hand and say, no, I don't get that. (laughs) Like, especially if it's only a room of 10, 20 people that you actually know, because that's a lot more what the, learning style is once you get into higher education, like in your later years and in your master's and stuff, you're not in a room of 200. You're in there with 20 people that you know, at least at my school. So like it, and you hang it with these people in all your classes and in between. So it is embarrassing if you feel like you don't know something, but I think that there's a lot of people in that room that also, also wouldn't know, but also don't want to raise their hand and are just saying, yeah, I get it. So I feel like there is power in just going and asking the question, even though you might be embarrassed because then there's other people in the room that are probably getting help from that too. And you're going to get the help that you actually need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I think it's just overcoming that initial fear and, you know, going through and just knowing that, okay, you need the help. So you just need to get it. But even in like life, like, okay, in your work environment and stuff, Mm -hmm. how are you able to sort of navigate your, workspace do you find is it easy going into your career just being um vulnerable transparent especially when you're not that high up or um you know seeking help direction like what do you think um yeah I definitely do because I actually ended up going on a two-month break for stress leave in the fall because and before that I had been like working in both in French and English taking extra shifts. So doing about 12 hours a day and things like that. And I literally just ended up, I wasn't sleeping, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to stop working because I was like, Oh, 
I'm one of the only people doing this job who's also a biochemist. I have a lot more knowledge in explaining to people. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to stop the job. I didn't want to take a break or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it got to a point where if I wasn't sleeping at all during the night, I couldn't go work what? 12 hours the next day. And I actually, and once I did, like, I was so scared to talk to my manager because I thought they were just going to be like, well, see ya. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. I didn't yeah. think anything like that. And they, once I actually did go talk to them, they set it up so that I could have a break, you know, get my stuff sorted and then come back to work. And like that, honestly, probably that helped me so much during this fall. Like I would not have been doing as well if I hadn't have taken the break, because of course, you know, working with public health right now, like it was a lot during the fall, looking at that and then hearing things on the news and hearing from all these people. Like I just was way too stressed out about the situation in general and needed that time for myself. But it took me a lot longer than it should have to ask. Yeah. 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 And how are you able to sort of navigate through your, like in your work environment, how are you able to get opportunities or at least inform um, people who are higher up that you're interested in certain opportunities and you would like to participate in those things? Because, you know, you can work in a place and stay in the same position for a long time. So how yes. do you feel like you're able to sort of put yourself out there and stand out, you know? Um, well, I, d- I definitely know because I've switched roles. Like I'm with the company I'm with, I've gone through multiple roles while I've been there in the past year. And I've part of it, honestly, is just because my work ethic, like I have good numbers and things like that when I'm working. So they know I want to be there. Yeah. And second, I'm vocal about what I'm interested in. Like I talk to them, I say, oh, like if I hear that there's training classes coming up for things, I'm like, that seems interesting. Like, oh, wow, that seems like something I would want to do. And that's honestly how I've gotten switched in most of the roles that I've been in. Like, especially the last one, like when they mentioned public health, I was like, hello, excuse me. (laughs) I know things about this and I would love to be a part of it. And there, I find in a lot of workplaces, there's not a lot of people who are just straight up asking. Mm, Like a lot of people just kind of sit around and say, oh, well, if they want me to do that, they'll like, I know that they're sending emails out to people. I'll wait for the email or I don't want to ask about that. I don't know if I'm like in the position oh, ready to do that, but I'll, I'll wait and see. And it's like, no, like go there and ask. Cause that, I don't know. I find taking the initiative and showing that you actually want to be involved. Yeah. That helps out a lot more than even what your degree might be or what your, how long you've been there, your seniority, things like that. Like it's really the people who want to work and work on these projects that they want to be there yeah so being being proactive and taking you know taking charge you know exactly yes not always waiting for the opportunities to come and I mean I guess this also ties in with the topic because you do have to be transparent you do have to be honest with with yourself that you want this because sometimes you might feel guilt like oh should I really desire this thing should I really you know aim this high for example And, you know, we just need to get out of our heads and move forward and, you know, ask the questions, seek um, the opportunities. And as you said, show show interest. And that's something that hopefully as I move into my next, you know, career phase that I'm able to, you know, do as well and really keep my eyes um, open. And I but I also feel like in situations like that, sometimes when you have you're in one role, 
you're kind of really occupied with that role. You don't have time to, you know, take a break and think about what else is out there. How have you been able to do that? Like when you're in one role, how are you able to find out information about other roles or what other people are doing? Um, Yeah, that's interesting because I definitely feel like, I don't know if this is just a me thing, but I feel like once I get to one job, like I should stay there. Like I owe them. Even when I was working in a Tim Hortons, like a little coffee shop, I was didn't want to quit because I felt like I owed it to them. And I think that that's a mindset thing that people get caught up in a lot because we're kind of told like you go, you get a job and you stay there. Yeah. But I honestly like what I've done, like I've, you keep the online job listings. I keep my account active on those apps and let them send me emails when there's jobs related to my field that are coming up or just reading like the either the company newsletters about the different roles they have or looking online, seeing what other people are doing that I know, seeing what jobs they're going for. Like I just try to keep my mind a bit more open because I've stayed at jobs way too long that I shouldn't Mm. have. I was way overqualified for and not making that much, but Mm -hmm. I felt like I owed the people who ran the business. So I think that like, kind of shaking off that mindset and just being like, all right, there's all these opportunities out here and there's millions of people to fill the jobs that I could want to leave. So why not just look at the actual opportunities that are there? But the online, I get, we hear we use, I use Indeed and it's an app and that is honestly probably where I found most of my job opportunities is through online apps now, especially, you know, 2020. Yeah, of course, 2020 and and stuff. Uh, I mean, I also think with you know, the idea of feeling like you owe the company, I think maybe it also comes if you don't really have a plan or, cause I've definitely felt that way in like a past job, like, okay, I'm going to stay. I, I just, I might say, okay, I'm going to stay here for five years, for example, but there's no objective as to what do I want to accomplish in that five years? And what happens if I accomplish it in less time, do I still need to stay the five years? So I think having a plan is something that I'm really trying to get into and think about like wherever I go and whatever I do, um, just to create a plan. It can be something just as simple as, you know, bullet points, just have objectives. Oh, I think like that's something I also want to do too, is kind of set up a plan. Cause I've been listening to a lot of people who talk about who are successful and talk about how they got there. Yeah. And 99% of them have some form of a plan. Yeah. Whether what they want to get from the next five years or what they expect to happen, a vision board, whatever it is, bullet points, doesn't matter, but some form of a plan of where they want to go. Cause I think like if you don't have a plan, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. You have no goal. Like, I think that you need to have, uh, like, I need to work on this too. Like, everyone needs to have at least some kind of idea of what they want their life to look like. Cause at least if you know what you want your life to look like in five years, then you can take steps to get there. Yeah. It's like reviewing, also reviewing the plan regularly and being like flexible so that if things change, you can also change the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely doesn't have to be a set plan, but if bumps come along the way, you know, you obviously got to switch your position, decide what you want to do with that situation and make it better. But having that plan there, I feel like even just having it, you're going to, and having it in a visible spot where you're seeing it every day, like you said, like not like coming back to it, not just writing it once and then throwing it away, like actually looking at that daily or weekly, like that's going to 
change your mindset and put you in the right space to actually go out and do those activities that are going to get you there. Yeah. I mean, can you recall like any stories, whether, you know, it's in your personal life or just something out there, um, you know, in the world where a certain story that really inspired you, you know, perhaps because of someone else's vulnerability and transparency, like that was inspiring to you and that really helped you understand a little bit more about yourself. Would you, do you remember, do you recall anything? Um, trying to think here. Um, definitely one person I met who had a big impact on me in that way was a girl that I worked with while I was at university. Mm-hmm. She had also like, she, we weren't from the same place. We'd never known each other before this, but she is just a very confident and is herself like that. Is, she just does whatever she wants to do. She does not have any shame, you know, like she just goes for what she wants. Like, and her thing, like she likes dressing up. So even if it's the dead of winter, like she's still wearing a full fancy outfit, like walking through the inside tunnels to get to class. And of course, like she'd have people making fun of her all the time. Like, oh, why are you wearing big leather boots and all this stuff? And she just, bur- like, I've never seen someone just not care that much. They're like, yeah. I'm wearing this because I want to wear it. Yeah. And that, and at first, like, I honestly, I didn't think she was the kind of person that I was going to like that much. Um, didn't really think we were going to vibe that much, but as I got to know her and talk to her more, I realized that we were actually so similar. Like she's from a small town and grew up like that. She didn't have a whole lot of money to begin with. And she just likes showing off and that's part of her life now. Mm. And the whole, like, she likes being, you know, people say, Oh, I'm so extra or whatever like that. Like she, (laughs) that's her kind of vibe, but she also is a very, like, she will do anything for anyone. Mm. Like, she is a very genuine person. And she, like, we talked a lot and stuff and how, because I'm a very, I don't put a lot of myself, my personality out there. I just kind of keep to myself and, you know, wait till everyone else talks. I'm kind of like, you know, like, yeah. let people show who they are before I'm going to show who I am. Yeah. And we talked a lot about that. And how there is value in just putting yourself out there for who you are, because then like, she's like, I don't have to worry about people, whether people like me or not, because they know in the first five seconds, like if they don't like me, they're just going to go. And the people who do want to be around me are going to stay. And that was honestly like one of the most powerful things to me, because I'm a people pleaser. Like I want everyone to like me. Mm. Every single person, like I want them to, need them to. And I always want to, like, I will, you know, kind of keep my mouth shut on my own opinions or do things for them that I wouldn't regularly want to do or go out of my way to do things that are just ridiculous and a a lot of work. And it's I wasn't doing these things because, oh, I like these people so much or they were such great people. It was just because I wanted them to like me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really, I would say, like, maybe exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is, honestly, yes. Like, worrying 24-7 about whether or not people like you, what they think of you, and what they're saying about you. Like, that takes up so much time from your life that you could be doing other things. Like, Yeah, yeah, and I think everyone feels that way to some extent, and maybe you grow out of it or something, but... I mean, there are always going to be people that we gel with more than others. And 
it doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong with other people, but maybe it just means we know where to focus our attention and that's just what we, what we do. So. Yeah. Like not taking it like, Oh, if someone doesn't like you or someone doesn't want to be friends with you, but that's not negative about you. It's just that you guys don't, your personality types don't go to what together. Like that is something that took me forever to learn because <laughs> yeah. every no I take or would take as personal. I still sometimes have to think about that. Like they're not saying like, it's, say you ask someone if they want to help work on something with you or you want to do something. It's like, they're not saying no and that they hate me as a person. They're just saying, no, I can't do that. Yeah. 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 I totally understand. Yeah. But what would you, what advice would you um, give people who are maybe still kind of in a nutshell and really want to be, or need to be a little bit more vocal? I mean, because to do what you want to do in life, you kind of have to be some amount, some level of vocal and um, transparent so that you can let your voice be heard and you can actually go out and seek the opportunities that you want. What advice would you give to people? Um, well, one thing, obviously, I don't know if it's probably not possible for everyone, especially right now, but I found moving away from my hometown and the people I knew was so helpful for that. Like, it forced me to get out of my shell because I had to meet, meet new people, make new connections to know anyone there. Like, if going to a place where you don't know a single person and then just setting up your life there and having to get to know people, I find you don't have a choice. You're going to get out of your comfort zone. And that helped me find myself too. Cause I find a lot of people, if you are coming from a smaller place, like you kind of have that worry, like, what are they going to think about me? But if they're in a whole other part of the country or planet, you don't have to have that worry. It's kind of almost like a fresh start. Yeah. But of course, like for everyone where that's not possible, I would say, honestly, like, A, looking up videos, podcasts, books, whatever on leadership and self-development and just putting some time into yourself and thinking about like, why am I so nervous? Like, do I like myself? Am I actually confident in what I think and what I believe and who I am? And if you're not, of course, then you're going to have to spend some time and work on that. But taking that time to actually like evaluate where you are and what work you need to do. And then part two of that would be actually going out and putting yourself in situations where you can do that work. Like if you need to work more on speaking in front of people, do something where you have to speak in front of people. Like that's the only way you're going to get better. If you're nervous to, I don't know, show pictures of yourself online, then start small with your Facebook or something like that, but you're going to have to do it that's the only way you're going to get better at it and feel confident in it is just going out and doing it. Even if you're bad at it, even if it sucks, just get it done once. And you're, you're going to get confidence from doing that. And that, and you can build on that. Like you need to do little things that push you out of your comfort zone to have a level of, Oh wow. I actually did something that's real. I did that. Yeah. Because if you're not confident in yourself, just who you are, like it's a lot more easy when you have tangible things to Mm -hmm. be confident in. True. True. Yeah. It's like, you know, we can go through all, we can read all the books and all the content and watch all the videos, but we need that um, experience. We need that real life, you know, thing, action and take those steps to actually see it, evaluate if we've made progress or not. 
Yes. Like you can't, like I find there's a lot, especially, I don't know. I find it popular now, like self-development junkies and all of that. It's like, you can sit, like you can watch this forever, but if you don't go do anything, how do you know if you've learned anything and how are you growing? Yeah. 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 No, that's totally, that's really true. And so, yeah, I mean, those you've given us some very insightful words and thoughts. I think sometimes it's also just being, you know, reminded of some of these things, like nothing is really new about, you know, how to be confident or what to do, but I think just constant reminders and hearing people's stories and like, okay, if this person did it, I can do it. I think those, that kind of thing is helpful. For sure. Yeah. Cause you're right. Like the language and like stuff to that people say or you read about the new books on confidence they are similar to the old ones but it's still relevant because people still need that you know like there you there are a lot of people you hear it like a bunch of times and it might not stick for you but you might hear it from some other person saying it in a different way telling their own story and it clicks it clicks yeah so i think that getting out there like exposing yourself to multiple sources find people you know whose stories might be similar to yours that you can connect with yeah. And that is going to make sense for you. Like one YouTuber, I watch her all the time. Like, and she inspires me so much. She's from a small town in America. That's a farm town. Like she's a country girl. Yeah. And I mean, she's rich now, but she talks a lot about looking back and the difference of her life then and now. And so for me, that's something I connect with, but someone like for you, someone who's living in Italy right now, like that yeah. wouldn't connect with you at all, yeah. you know? So it's really about finding people that, that it's not just anyone who like some inspiring stories, they might, yeah, it might be a good story, but it's not going to hit home for you unless you kind of connect with it more. Yeah, true. true. And that, that's a, also another really good point. Like it's, it, on, it's like two sides on one side, we should always, I guess, try to be transparent and open because we don't know who we're going to help. And then on the other side, if we are seeking inspiration and help, we should listen to as many, we should be open to listening to different stories so that we can find that connection and really, um, you know, get motivated to take action and move forward. But yeah. And so this has been a very great conversation and I just really want to thank you so much for coming on and giving us words of wisdom. Do you have any like closing comments or Uh, Yeah, I was actually just thinking there when you mentioned transparency again, that I think that being transparent instead of opaque is going to be more and more important as we come out of 2020 and 2021. Like as we go into this new time, I think being transparent is going to be so important because of course, not just for like people's state of mind and all that, but in the world we live in now, like people are valuing transparency a lot more than just the fake wall put up, like everything's perfect. Like even in marketing and companies and everything, like people are valuing the real stuff now. So I think that's what's going to become more and more important as we come into the new normal that we'll have. Exactly. Exactly. And we hope that, you know, COVID ends soon. I mean, there are vaccines now, so Hopefully everyone has access to them. I mean, I know there are some places in the world that may not yet have them, but uh, 
we hope that by this time, surely by this time next year, <laughs> we will be in a much different world free yes. to travel. Yes, free to travel. I was telling someone like, I'm going to be using hand sanitizers for the rest of my life. Like <laughs> from now on, I don't know about the mask, but for sure hand sanitizers, because it's just like eye opening to see how much germs we carry around and transport. And, you know, it's like, it's a habit that it's not a bad habit to have. So just keep using <laughs> exactly there's definitely some good habits that have come yeah. out of 2020 for sure yeah yeah well thanks once again and we'll keep in touch thank you so much bye guys Thank you for listening. This is On My Way to Confidence, a personal thought dialogue as I embark on becoming more confident. Tune back in for the next episode. Thank you.